If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to the bleeding edge of IP communications. This is the VUC. We're located at VUC.me. As usual, our thanks go out to Simwood.com. Simwood can turn any developer into a telco. Our host at Telephony is from OnSip.com. Where would we be without ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured audio conferencing system? The VUC.me website is on Bluehost.com. And our local rate islands are from Voxbone.com. Sounds like a dot-com revolution to me. So here's one more, TadSummit.com. For 2014, it's going to be in Istanbul. You should go check that out. For a 30% discount on registration, use F-O-V-U-C. This is VUC 546. Amazing, isn't it? A couple of weeks ago in Berlin, I met a woman that I fell immediately in love with, and later we were married. But coincidentally, I also met Mira from Zoiper, and I've known Zoa for many years, so I immediately invited her in spite of my recent marriage, and uh, of course Zoa, and Nikki, who immediately went on vacation. So let me welcome Zoa first, because I think he's sort of the guy that I've known the longest. Zoa? Good evening, good evening. Glad to have you with us. And Mira, hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you guys for remembering it. And Nikki, wherever you are, I hope you're having a horrible evening, because you were... No. We all are hoping so. <laughs> all right. Uh, we and will make his next week living hell. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's object. So we've known about Zoiper for many years. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me ask you how many years? Uh, when did this thing start? Um, I think it the, the, the probably is about eight or nine years, mm-hmm. but the, there was Edifisk a couple of years before that. Where right. We changed the name because of some, uh, we were afraid for the, the guys from X. Because at that time, Edifix is, is the French uh, name for the dog, but in the U.S. it's called something else. Um, so uh, we changed. There was a website called Mobile, MobileX or Mobile Unix or so, and they got sued by Uderzo, which is the publisher, I think, or the creator. So they had to change names. So I thought of Fisk, probably we should change it as well. I always thought that was the name of that, that Norwegian fish that people eat in Minnesota, where I'm from, the Edif- Edifisk. No, it, it was actually oh, a play on the name, um, which was at SK. And then, uh, well, normally, you know, right. it's from the, 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 what was it called, the animated series. And these guys have a little dog, but right. how old in English? Obelix, no? No, that's or- the fat guy. Oh, right. I don't know, but I do know that it seems to me that uh, in back in those days, um, IAX for those who mm-hmm. are not familiar with it, uh, was was huge, and and that was a plus. And I think you were doing that from the beginning, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Too? Uh, yeah, we started. We started was right. only added a couple of years in. Right. So that's fun. Um, I was commenting that I noticed that um, having played with the Mac beta that just became available yesterday, uh, that you check for XMPP support. And uh, there is no support yet. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's, it checks for uh, when you're logging, when you start to register, or when you fill out a provider. It, um, it looks first at SIP, then X, then uh, XM, XMPP. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, so that's the first time I've seen X shown anywhere in quite a while. So I don't know how much activity there is. We can talk about that later, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about the nine or so years. Well, Idafix, uh, the original name. Then Zoiper. Uh, Zoiper has gone through what changes? Hello, James, by the way. What, what changes has Zoiper gone through over the years? I mean, small, you know, big changes. Uh, big changes. The first big change was probably when we changed, when we added SIP to the equation. Um, part was probably when we made a new version that was uh, had a skinning engine and that was no longer using Delphi. Although we right. had lots of fans for the first product, so we kept we kept... That's afterwards we call that one the classic, and we call the other one Zoiper 3. 
the other big changes have probably been the change with the moment we added this is a long time ago by now and then the moment we had to rewrite absolutely everything for, to support wideband and then somewhere in between we had the mobile operating so we had to rewrite everything again at that point which also got rid of everything uh, wideband related again and then now I think this one is probably what we've done so far is a complete uh, rewrite of the of the desktop version, which we were hoping was going to be a bit faster. But okay, turns out to be a lot more work than hoping. And you're we're hoping for now available on all the important platforms. I know I know that a couple of BlackBerry lovers will kill me because I, th- I don't think you do BlackBerry, and I don't we actually think actually have an SDK for BlackBerry. We have a lot more than is. So we have ah. an SDK for BlackBerry. We have an SDK for Tizen. We have an SDK for Ubuntu Touch. And I think I'm missing one. But what about the three uh, people who have Windows phones? This one we have an application. Oh, okay. There's an application. Yeah. So you can just download it for free from uh, the Microsoft Store. At any rate, I commend you on that. I think there's, you have a, one of the widest platform lean in a long time. So that's great. And yeah, uh, it's good to say that uh, you guys were going strong just when mobile OSs actually came to the front. Uh, a lot of very late on mobile. We we were uh, several years later later than the others. Yeah, but a couple, couple of years late. Yeah. yeah, right. But I mean, you you do both, which is interesting because a lot of people came people came late too in the in the VoIP world. Also, um, and I don't know if this is a question for you, Zoa, or for you, Mira, but uh, it seems to me that you were big on white label at one time. I think you still do that, right? Uh, we still do that. Yeah, we still do that. That was, I think, you when, I, when you and I spoke at Asterisk several years ago. That was one of the big things that you wanted to, or, or one of the things that you were talking about. Yeah, something we still do. A lot of our business is white label. So that's something that people need to know if they want to contact you. All the information is on whatupper.com. <laughs> I assume that's the yeah, most. Yeah, most of it should be there. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, go take a look there. And the, uh, of course, we, Michael, Elf, and maybe James, all registered for the beta program, but the, the beta is open now or will be open uh, soon? No, yes, anybody could, could register already. Okay. I don't think they'll get any more invites tonight, but uh, maybe... Um, when Nikki comes back, up. when Nikki uh, comes back to manually click on, <laughs> no, for the invites. Uh, the, the invites are actually licensing server make make ah. an account. That's why there is an invite system. Okay, well, put Nikki in that closet and he'll take care of it. Anyway, uh, I just want, want people to realize they can go to zoiper.com. They can ask for and register. And James is showing us. Wait a minute, let me let me click. Yeah, on you this should screen. actually go to zoiper.com/labs. So that, A-B-S. Right. Show that again, James. Up. Okay, that's a big, great big dialer, but it one assumes. This looks like Zoiper on iOS. I hope it is. I'll recently show that. Zoiper on iOS. Mine's bigger than anybody else's. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about... Andy, do you want to say anything before we uh, move on? Uh, you had tested... You and I tested uh, Zoiper last night, but uh, these are on the brand new, just born betas, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward uh, to... I'm going to wait a bit with, with some, que- some questions about certain aspects that uh, you've introduced into this version, um, which will look very interesting indeed. But I'll, I'll wait a bit for, for questions in the moment. Okay, so it's about the new exciting features, and I know there are new exciting features, right? Which one of you would like to do that? I think I will do this. This Excellent. I'll actually share uh, with you. I would like to go back to the previous question first about the the big changes uh, mm-hmm. we went through with Zoiper, uh, because from my perspective things look different. Edifice was a, a call center software, uh, so the white label came in uh, a year later. Uh, so we were our main mar- market uh, call centers. Afterwards, we started uh, thinking about um, service providers, and then we started changing the interface, and then the rewrites started. The new interface that you're going to see is actually a user-friendly interface. So the tech guys are not going to love it. We, we have thought about them. So let me share that. Let me share Zoiper with you. OK, this is my switch. Is it sharing? Yes, it's working. Very good. So this is my Zoiper with my personal contacts. Now, uh, this is the new HTML5 interface. The reason we decided to get there is uh, hoping that it was going to be easier and uh, more suited for cross-platform uh, customization of the interface. Um, we have some difficulties, so you will see that some things will not be working, but I'll, I'll still demonstrate them 
And so you're just like I did with the dangerous demos in Wonderprize there. Now I am first going to show you the new wizard. The reason we decided to do it is a lot of users throughout the, the, the years that we have been working are finding it difficult to configure accounts. We have done a lot of things there. Uh, started introducing QR code account registration for the ITSPs. Um, but also the end users can configure it like this. Now, we also included a list of Wi providers here, which is the first option. Then we have the, uh, the possibility to configure manually. My account is already configured, but what is important here is that um, the account wizard will go through the process of looking for the best option between TLS, TCP, and UDP with the preference for TLS. And then it will uh, choose whatever is available and configure the account. So the account user is the account uh, wizard is. Then you can see that the contacts uh, look different and have changed. There is possibility. I'm going to do something here that is hopefully going to work. I am going to make a call with Joachim and show you something that we have just uh, implemented. This is Joachim's difficult name. Uh, we have a new way of, of uh, using the interface as I at least we're hoping to never ever uh, have to create a user guide. We have, we have voices twice, just a second. I think you should mute your zoiper. It's okay, I show the drag and drop feature. So you can see that you can drag and drop here and either do a conference call or transfer the call to Joachim. I'm going to call. In the future, this is going to be video. For the moment, it's not supported yet. You can see that you can handle the call separately. You can um, separately or you can just uh, manage everything uh, all together. Uh, what is important here that we're going to send the video in one stream. So Zoiper actually has a built-in MCU. It's not in this beta, but it will be in the next. That's pretty slick. You didn't see that yesterday. I don't. I didn't see that yesterday. Did you, Andy? No, I didn't. Because we didn't get into that. Well, to be honest, I don't think we added any contacts. I think we just dialed. Um, Good so, point. Uh, without any contact, it was drag and drop on there. <laughs> yeah. No, actually, if, if you have two active calls, you can already drag and drop them. You don't need to make a contact with it first. Interesting. I shall try that later. To have a very new uh, slick change of skins. Uh, here you will see our new skin. I love this one. Now I'll show you. It's showing here. You can see that it's transparent, and unfortunately, I'm not going to do it now. I'm a little bit afraid, but if I had video here, it would be full screen video. Actually, and maybe you, you can show the other, uh, the other um, how it should look like. Actually, the video wouldn't work uh, two, two sides with the, the Hangouts anyway. Right. Uh, let me see if I could share this one now. Nope, it's not going to work. No, I won't be able to show you screenshots. Anyhow, it, it, uh, when you have a full screen uh, video call, the, the, the actual video um, gets uh, zoomed in completely, mm. and the contact list on the left will kind of slide away, just like it does on Google Hangouts, the menu will slide away, and the chat will appear on the right side, but will also move away if you don't use your mouse or keyboard for an extended period of time. I want to share something else as well, uh, which is very important. This is the WebRTC version. Let me see whether I can share this one here. So in the meantime, I'll explain a little bit more. So the, the interface is written on this, and hmm. the thing you see is actually a Chromium embedded framework uh, that is rendering the interface, uh, the HTML for the interface. And the reasons we did this for was to be able to do uh, cross-platform development. We thought it would be easier. Um, it's not, uh, but okay, we, we went all the way anyway. Um, but as a, uh, as a result, we also have an it. We adjust it to be useful for WebRTC calls within the browser. I hope Mira will be able to showcase it a little bit at least. I will be able to. Just a second, it takes a little bit of time to share. Now I'm going to stop sharing this and share my other screen. 
All right. This is the WebRTC uh, version. You can see that it's uh, not entirely ready, but uh, it's usable. Uh, what is important here, we're for in the future to have a, uh, a version where uh, the WebRTC version and the, and the standard Zoiper version communicate. Right now, they're not compatible, but they will be uh, important to know. So at the moment, the WebRTC version can speak to the other one as long as you have uh, asterisk or free switch converting the two. Mm. Um, it's because the, the, the desktop does not support um, <coughs> does not support DTLS, does not support ICE or TURN, but it's coming. Correct. You I can hang up on OK. I'll go back to the standard Zoiper version to show you a little bit more um, about everything new that we will be implementing. Uh, in the meantime, Zoe, you can probably start explaining a little bit about the I and the MSR, uh, MSRP. Okay, some things that are not in the beta yet, but that uh, well, I'm already playing with internally is uh, MSRP file transfer, uh, MSRP multi-user chat. Now, it's not very popular with PBXs. It's not very popular for, for the normal users, but it is uh, getting used more and more because of LTE that starts to pop up everywhere. So it can use the same infrastructure. So it's standard-based, but it, in the end, it will have all the full functionality like Skype or all the others have. I know that James and uh, Andy know IMS backwards and forwards, but I'm uh, struggling to remember what it ha what the context of that. So, kinder, not only f to me, yes. but also maybe to anybody else like me who yeah, forgot it's, forgot it's what like it a is. Standard SIP setup. <laughs> it's like like a standard SIP setup where they replaced every name with a four-letter acronym. Okay, that's simple. I think that that's the big summary. It's a very complicated way of doing things um, for large-scale networks. It's it's something that. Uh, Bridges traditional mobile networks mainly with with uh, well the newer technologies. That's how I would summarize it. Because everything is going to be LTE and uh, right, and that has it or or Volti or something. Mm -hmm. So the, the the LTE is data, and the voice over LTE is actually data that, uh, voice that will be sent over data channel. Right. How the current 3G is done, where it's actually done over over voice signal. Okay, it's a little more clear for me now. So, um, is, did you find what you were looking for, Mira? Yes, yes, I'm actually okay. sharing the screen. I was going to talk a little bit about the call events, which is uh, very important for integration purposes with CRMs and with other, uh, uh, with other software, uh, context handling software, the call events. Um, you can hear, I don't know if any of you guys have tried it. I think you have to scroll down a bit more, the event rules, uh, just visible. yes, now they're visible. You can see it now. Have you guys played? I've had a little look at it, and a lot of my questions uh, revolve around here, this particular area. So do carry on. Okay. In this case, we we have different uh, call events handling. Uh, you can see that you can you can set it up uh, here. The users can set it up, but in most can also be set up remotely. Uh, we are using. I'm not sure here. REST API. You're yes, working? yes. So uh, maybe maybe uh, show the screen again, and I'll explain a little bit if you want. So what it pretty much does, it allows an easy way of um, setting a certain action on a certain event. For example, maybe if you go to lunch, maybe you would like your uh, central web server to know about it, so you could do that. Or you could say, oh, if I have an incoming call and it is from uh, this specific customer, they like to start call recording. Or if it's a call from maybe this caller ID after this time of day, uh, maybe I could use some third-party application to do something. Or maybe call, um, maybe open the CRM. So there's, there's three actions in do action at the moment. So one is open URL, which will just still open a browser. The second one is to open a executable. And the third option is to just uh, call some, some REST API in the background. Okay, so and question, then the, the filter part is yeah. Sorry. Question question number one is, how do, how would we control in any way, or how do you control what parameters are actually passed to to, to any of these things? Um, a number of variables similar to to dial plan uh, variables where you could add caller ID name, caller ID number, uh, time of day, etc. Okay, so so if we are having a, a, a function on the REST REST API, can we can we do that? And is that done in XML? Is it done in, in JSON? Is, can we choose? Um, no, at we... the moment it just sends a just as URL standard standard GET request. Okay, so is is that something that you're looking to expand on? Because I really like this feature. We could, if somebody has a has a request for it, send it. 
we just went for something that's it's relatively easy to implement now. Yeah, for the user. And I should imagine that in, in comparison to, to uh, getting them running properly at the moment, this is probably way down the priority list as well. Uh, to add JSON support, yeah. First, yeah. you want to get everything working. <laughs> okay. New features, uh, we have IPv6 support, which is going to make Oli very happy, Oli Johansson. Yep. Uh, also, the reason we implemented IPv6 is uh, because of Apple, who uh, announced that they will no longer approve application. Actually, yeah, we, we, we didn't make it just for Apple, but it's it's, uh, it's to have it when they announced it, yeah. Put it there. Uh, the other uh, feature we're headed towards, which is very important for, for our users and businesses uh, utilizing Zoiper, is the multi-party video on all platforms uh, with a built-in uh, video mixer, which I already explained is going to send the video in one stream. Then we have desktop sharing. Uh, Joachim, you can explain a little bit here for the desktop sharing. Yeah, it's pretty much the way it, it works. You can select a window and it will broadcast it over video. That's processed uh, locally? And yeah, yeah. Okay. ZRTP, which is which should be uh, currently supported. I'm not sure that the beta that's published has it yet. It has it, but you have to act at the bottom of the account uh, advanced options. It's there, though. So it's working, and we have wideband support finally. I think most so of the codecs are there now. I was, I was going to ask about the codecs. Mm -hmm. So you, well, which codecs? And I, I take it your bus. Uh, Opus is for us by far the best one. Um, I think all the all the normal codecs are there. Um, the only thing obvious that is missing is a of uh, MR wideband and normally MR because of licensing mm -hmm. uh, constraints, because the setup cost is quite high. We do didn't pay for the patent licensing yet. But we might do it soon, I think. If I could open a quick parenthesis, we'll call on Michael for this if he's ready. Uh, to because Michael, you mentioned that ZipDX doesn't officially support Opus. We all know that, but it does. It does uh, play with 16 uh, kilohertz Opus. And I was my question is the fidelity, the, the actual hearable fidelity, to be different between Opus 16 kilohertz and uh, G722. Oh no. No difference is there, if any. Opus at sixteen. I mean, they're they're effectively identical audio channels. Right. Uh, Opus is maybe a little less bandwidth, but uh, I made a couple of test calls just to drop. Uh, anybody who can dial a SIP URI can dial WP demo at uh, conf.zipdx.com, and we'll get to our wideband. And it, it, you can you can switch between Opus and, and you can switch between yeah, Opus and, well, and G722. No. No, you can't do that. You can switch between narrowband and wideband, yeah. but it will work in Opus 16K and G722. And if you dial it up with a, a narrowband codec, it'll just tell you you need a wideband codec to, to use this test service. Truthfully, the, the most useful thing about that test service is uh, if you press 9, once you're connected to it, you get to an echo test. And, and what, what that does is for people who are not familiar with soft phones and audio devices with their computer, it helps them to verify that they have... Uh, their microphone and their speakers or headset working correctly. Speaking of just died, my wireless, <laughs> oh, while you were speaking at this very moment. Fortunately, I have three different headsets here. Earphones, actually. Okay, so uh, that was my question. That I'm sorry, but I was interested Maybe to know. Maybe go back a little yeah. bit to the Opus versus AMR uh, yeah. question. Um, aside from the bandwidth, but that could be a little bit less, there is another big advantage, that is the packet loss consumer, or error correction, uh, to be correct, in, in Opus. So especially on the mobile networks or, or Wi-Fi networks, if you might not have perfect connection, Opus will generally be, have better quality. We know that when you pump it up to like 64 kilohertz or whatever, whatever the high end that the people are using currently, uh, the, you can tell the difference with music, and you'd have to kill echo cancellation and uh, dynamic compression, which we tried to do a few weeks ago on the Google Hangout unsuccessfully for some reason. That's the biggest difference in well, my, in my, to my ear. Could you explain to me why um, I've, you list uh, you list open ample rates? Mm-hmm. So it might be helpful to explain to people the difference between selecting an arbitrary sample rate versus the adaptive itself. Um, the, our programmers really don't like the adaptive opus. Uh, they don't like adaptive codecs in general because it's a bit of a, an encryption risk from what mm -hmm. 
Okay, so you can pick because I I can see in the GUI you can pick Opus at 48k or mm -hmm. or uh, 32k or 16k or, mm -hmm. or, or even down yeah. want to. To be honest, I don't think there's a big purpose at the moment for at least for audio calls to go over 16. But if you really want to, you can. Uh, I we at ZipDX we agree and we keep our media processing at 16 kilohertz because it's voice. But you know there will be people who try to give piano lessons online and and for them probably it's better, yeah. it's nice. <laughs> Have you, have you actually found anybody who, who's uh, done a full implementation of the adaptive rate opus that you can test against? It's that hard to enable it. We could probably just make a build that has a configuration option for it. I do think that would be interesting to try, um, whether there's, there, there are any encryption risks with it or not. I do think that would be interesting to try, particularly if we can, um, if, if there is, a, albeit on, unlicensed at the moment, uh, an AMR wideband build that we could compare it against. That would serve for us. Mm -hmm. It's something you for like, yeah. Limited audio like design. a mobile. Yeah. Mobile dweller. Mobile dweller. Cast the nature of the beast. <laughs> so I can. I guess I could uh, interject the uh, the common buzz, which is that most people still sound like crap on uh, mo their mobile phones, whether it's the quality of the phone, the microphone, or the carrier. I don't know why, but. We're still being as far as good quality, although um, I don't know if, if Zoiper is, is big in call centers, for example. It depends That's on who you're, who you're calling, right? Really big in call centers. Right. So, yeah. so who, who is calling into these call centers? Maybe if they're not mobile, you're going to have a good sound, I guess. Actually, we have a lot of uh, agent users uh, using Zoiper on mobile phones. We have quite some, mm -hmm. some big coverage there. We should the quality is uh, really good even speech on, on call quality and I wonder if somebody could call into this call right now. I mean uh, let's see. Are these uh, uh Euros uh call centers or are these in North America as well? Uh, they're all over the place. They're everywhere. Excellent. I wonder if we can do this later if Andy or somebody could call ZipDX using Zoiper and ZipDX. Oh, I'm just working on that now. I just said that. Whilst we've been talking here, I just set up your account and I've just registered it using the uh, the QR code um, oh, feature. Oh, that's on the mobile, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I'm being a bit cheeky. I'm using a service, a certain Kilo Salmon's uh, service, as is an old oh. friend of mine. And uh, <laughs> I have to say, the sign-up process is particularly slick. It works remarkably well. So you've done a good job on that. So the only problem is, it went all until we got as far as that. Oh, James, you failed. Didn't register. It says regi registration status, no. Well, the not. computer, he said no, but, uh, but that's, uh, it's not your bit, it's, uh, it's Tilo's bit. It's probably because he knows that it's me and he's saying, no, I have only play with my voice network again after last time. Um, so I'll, I'll just set up another account. But uh, the uh, the registration process with the three um, leader is particularly clever. I like that a lot. And, and it, it works very well if you have uh, something printed or if you have uh, maybe an email PC. Of course, if, you, if you're only working on mobile, then you kind of need one mobile to make a picture of your other mobile. But for most people, I mean, they, when they configure this type of stuff, they're at home, so it doesn't issue there. One one of the the other just slightly different question. Um, one of one of the other uh, things is, is that uh, other soft clients um, seem to have uh, limits on the number of accounts you can register, or, or indeed um, they would probably have limits on the number of events you could use here. Are there, are there any on any of this? Is is this uh, could I no, have fifty accounts on here if I want? Uh, if you want to, yes, you could. And, and with events, we could have multiple events more than uh, is by default. Yes, yes, yes. There's that's, no issue with that. That's yeah. excellent. Uh, I think the contact list for Zoiper 5 has been tested up to 100,000 uh, contacts. Work fine as well. Uh, there's some other things there that I don't know if we could fill. Probably not. But the, um, there is some kind of CSV import that kind of looks a little bit like in, in Excel uh, if you want to import a CSV file. So you, it, it kind of parses the file and then asks you to assign which column would uh, be assigned to what type of field, a telephone number or a first name or a last name. So there's some mapping there. Um, I just, uh, I was just fooling around. I brought up Zoiper and I, 
I typed in the try to call for to call ZipDX for this uh, conference that people are listening to, and uh, I've had a nice surprise. It uh, like like a lot of mobile phones, it said, "Do you want to make a this?" Very nicely done. So I I did, and now I've got that contact. <laughs> not all not all uh, not all soft phones do this. Uh, I don't know others who do, but I have never seen that happen before. So so when um, when can we expect? Uh the next raft of betas. I mean, this is quite impressive. What we've been seeing here and the facilities you've got is certainly uh, not all soft phones are created equal, and this is something of an advancement. And congratulations for that. Um, Thank you. I think probably will be out in uh, I think two weeks. That one should have IPv6. That one should have the the video conferencing, and uh, hopefully some of the other bugs fixed. Like there's some issues with on cameras and uh, certain of the Windows cameras. I think Mac should not have an issue with that. There's all kinds of bugs that you're uh, still finding, and lots of testing that will be resolved by then. There will also be improvement on the user experience, so we're working on uh, on improving the the GUI as well. GUI now uh, we have all kinds of of skins that we still have to implement, so the the, the current one is a little bit basic. Uh, there's some design work to be done there as well, but we're focusing first on the uh, the feature set, and then we'll fix the looks as we want it to be. Mm-hmm. I have a question about audio and video devices. Uh, because of, a, a, I won't say a problem, but a behavior I've experienced recently with a competitive product. Um, I have a, a desktop computer, and there's a lot of audio and video devices, typically US, coming and going. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you're supposed to be able to hot connect uh, mm-hmm. devices, and, and some, some SIP or XMPP clients will and, and sort of onboard an attached device um, nicely, and some kind of don't. But what happens is their device list gets uh, gets out. The device list gets out of order, and so it, it'll tell you you're using this microphone, but it's actually using that microphone specifically because it's uh, used about which uh, what the device ID, like yeah. the bus ID, was for the mm-hmm. thing that you just connected. Hold on, just uh, is this something that you've experienced, or? Uh, I mean, uh, no, I'd be coming from. Uh, no, we don't have this one. I think I don't think we can change the camera on the fly. For example, I think we just need to reopen the 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 video preview for. Um, no, the, the 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 issue you experience with the other ones, I can imagine where it could be coming from. It's not something we have at the moment. We we also don't have the the hard wiring where we uh, have this device as your uh, preferential device. And then you might disconnect it, but you would like to get it back afterwards the moment you connect it again. It's something we don't have between not adding that. I'm not sure how useful it would be in, in, in uh, let's say, the, the production use, uh, if there would be lots of requests for that. But yeah, it's not for sure. Yeah, okay. It's, it's just it's interesting that uh, it's one of these things where I opened a trouble ticket with this other manufacturer, but uh, I can't get... Can't, it's difficult to capture the exact circumstances where the app gets confused, but when it does get confused, you can look at the list of devices it thinks it has versus what it's actually using. Use and, it, and it, it's you know basically mm-hmm. in, until the app is killed and yeah. started, it doesn't. It's actually it's, the whole uh, OD device uh, lists and as well as the camera device listing. It's it's relatively straightforward, but it doesn't seem to be all that easy. There's all kinds of corner cases, and there's different encodings for the strings. And, and on uh, some of the operating systems, the strings will be limited number of characters. So it is, uh, and there's different types to access, different ways to access these uh, parameters. So it's all a little bit complicated. The yeah, same and, with, for example, uh, this, uh, it's not that simple. Yeah, in fact, this is an area that, that's worth exploring because uh, webcams, uh, my favorite webcams, um, are the Logitech ones that have the onboard uh, encoding, mm-hmm. um, which is great. If you are using H- if you can use H.264, it's wonderful because it offloads the encoding, and, and for simple ones, it's just mm-hmm. brilliant. Um, however, uh, it's also possible to do motion JPEG off of those. And in fact, there are some that don't have an H.264 encoder but do support UVC 1.5 that includes MJPEG, which mm-hmm. means that you can you can actually do 1080p video off USB 2 if you use M- MJPEG. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the app needs to know how to do that. And I've never seen an app that had the UI that allowed a user to configure that. We actually have done that for other projects. So we, we made this possible. It's not a, it's not a functionality in the, in the standards. Now we were considering at some point to be able to add uh, external, um, let's say the old style old style cameras that are not really webcam. It's just something. Well, uh, 
what they call some surveillance cameras, for example, yeah, that usually they have uh, some SIP support. Um, so we, we were looking for a way to use those as, as surveillance cameras as well through Zoiper, for example, to add a second or a third uh, camera, which is something that could become possibility now with, uh, with uh, the mixing that we do anyway. Yeah, just grabbing an RTMP stream off like somebody's IP surveillance camera, becoming more and more uh, sort of accessible because there's a lot more IP surveillance stuff yeah. going on now. So it's something we actually did for a different project, and we did both uh, RTMP-based system JPEG for that project. Excellent. That that would be lovely because it takes early adapters like myself and it lets us do things cross-purpose. You may not have built the product to do what we want to do with it, but that doesn't mean we're not going to bend it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if there's special things, special scenarios where you would think of certain uh, nice things to have, just let us can sneak it in somehow, uh, maybe not an official build, but in one of the betas or so, uh, just to have something to play around with. We're always okay. welcoming new ideas, new suggestions. I think what's happening is all of these tools for communication are getting taken cross-purposes and they're getting used for um, you know, streaming projects and they're getting used for uh, teaching things. It's not just phone calls and video conferencing anymore. That's just sort of the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. yeah, and actually, I don't know if Mira will speak a bit about that. We're looking a bit at to uh, help uh, impaired people. And uh, uh, Speaking um, of impaired one of the people have one camera. <laughs> Yeah, you, you cut out for it. You had yeah, to for a bit. packet okay, loss. No, so one of the things we, we have been investigating is if we could add a second video streamer to maybe focus in on the lips uh, to make it easier for uh, the hard hearing people to, to maybe do some lip syncing, for example. There's another term for that. If you get into uh, translation and interpretation, they call it a sight translation camera where you might have an interpreter doing a video conference call like this, mm -hmm. uh, but then Let's imagine that we're in a, a courtroom, for example, and we're doing uh, interpretation of somebody for a, a defendant who can't speak English. Uh, they might then have a document be sight translated so that it's a document from you know the defendant's home country and it's in Russian, and the mm -hmm. interpreter would have to sort of read this over the video conference link off separate camera, like a, a copy stand or a document camera of some sort. And this is exactly the sort of practical application of what you're talking about, having that second video stream. Mm -hmm. And I think it's probably all kinds of uh, situations that might be very particular for a certain person that we just will never think about because we're not in that situation. Uh. Mm. And uh, let me put it to you this way. Application-specific solutions are good revenue generators. Mm -hmm. Niche markets, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. There, we so actually Mira. have a lot of interesting uh, business cases. Uh, uh, have been actually one of uh, my first projects that I handled is a, a teaching software. Uh, is a, it was a producer of software who needed uh, integration of uh, abilities, and he used Zoiper to be able to. Uh, give online courses. So these are just interesting business cases. We have all kinds of, of such cases. Uh, maybe, that maybe I'm going to talk about on the, on the other uh, yeah. conferences. As well. Maybe maybe I should pick in a bit here because um, the things that make it uh, nice to to play with new applications. Um, so Mira showed you a little bit how we could do some some special events uh, handling and open some REST uh, API. There's another new tool. Um, we used to have a COM API on Windows to remotely control the soft phone. But OK, it only worked on Windows. And it's not probably not the easiest way to program used to it. So in the latest version, I don't think it's active in the bed, although there might be something there, um, is a WebSocket server inside Zoiper. Normally, by default, it's only to the local host, so you could control it through JavaScript. Um, but theoretically, you could also open it up to the whole uh, local network, for example, and accept the request from it, and maybe uh, could be used to make some some uh, predictive dialer or so, for example, or any other scenario that might be helpful. Maybe you could trigger this uh, the phone to action if some other process on the PC did something special, for example. Uh, Auto-joining conferences, that sort of thing. For example, yes. Yeah. And this will, will work on all the operating systems because it's it's WebSockets anyway, so it should be okay. So how uh, – let me get myself back here. There we go. Mira, do you use Zoiper every day in all of your calls? You're going to have to say yes, right? 
I not only have to say yes, but I actually do use it every day. I need to be able to, to understand everything related to our clients and our users. I'm using it. But so, also, it's quite a useful software, you know. And while, you, and, right, and while you're using it, you are able to uh, figure out who and don't help you use it every day. In other words, if you make a lot of calls, I don't know, maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Uh, personally, I don't have a lot of phone calls to make anymore. But presumably, uh, do spend a lot of time. I mean, I'm, and when I say you, I mean all of you. You have how many people are there at Zoyper, by the way? I've seen, I've seen at least four others, so there must be at least six, plus Nikki. There's, there's thirty-five of us. Wow. Actually, thirty-eight already since last okay. week. Okay. So, is everybody using it? No, the designers. <laughs> Well, it is, it is actually quite complicated for most of the developers to use the soft phone while they're developing the soft phone. Right. So that makes it a little bit difficult. But, uh, yeah, the sales team, for example. They're the using other... it for, for their, their calls with the clients. They're using it for their international calls outside of the office. So, so now I, I think a bit that now if we have the WebRTC version, then at least the programmers will be able to have one uh, copy running. But it, it's a bit annoying to have uh, the Zoiper running when you're debugging Zoiper because then all your packets have sure. double uh, information in there that were registered, etc. So it's, it is a little bit tricky. Right, right. I get that. Okay. I don't know if we should bring in Andy now. He had some uh, questions, but also we want... Yeah? I think the majority, if not all of my questions, have pretty much been dealt with. Did we get into... I'm, I'm sorry, I had a really important phone call, and I had to text somebody back and say, I'll call you back. Uh, but did we get into the um, the management thing you were talking about yesterday, Andy, with the actions? Did yes, that get did. discussed? We, we, we got into that, and it all looks quite impressive, and I'm sure when it's when it's finished, it will be an extremely useful uh, that sounded good. facilities. From okay. a WebRTC perspective, how did you uh, how did you deal with different browser implementations and and, and at the moment like it's, it's just it's just Chrome at the moment. We're waiting for the others. It's also quite basic. I mean, we do audio, we do video. We have the it's mainly focused on getting the the current GUI to work. So to, uh, offline storage for the contact list. We have to have APIs. Not every uh, functionality for the accounts, for example, is, is is configurable because it's just not there. So it's it's um, there's an abstraction layer so that we can pick if we're going to use the normal um, SDK we use or we use the WebRTC part. So everything there first has to be split properly, tested properly. Um, mm -hmm. We didn't try too much to spend time on, on, on Firefox. That's understandable. Usage perspective uh, for, for the different markets we are serving, uh, the new interface and the new implementations and the new rewrites are extremely important uh, because before uh, Zoiper is uh, evolving, it's changing, so we were hoping that with the new HTML5 interface and with the new features that we have, we're going to cover a, a wider um, uh, market requirement. Uh, for the moment, our biggest markets are the, the service providers and the call centers, but then they have, uh, and actually we see it in the office right now with the new projects uh, we're adopting, um, that uh, it has such a wide um, usage case, uh, and that's why we decided to talk about the, the impaired projects. We have thought about um, implementing uh, out of the buttons that are ready to use with uh, different uh, hardware and different uh, software for for such uh, user cases, and there is a business case in 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 this in this market. Maybe about the WebRTC part, one, one more remark for that. Uh, at the moment, our main interest because Chrome will will stop doing the NP API part. Uh, is currently we have we have a plugin for Chrome and a plugin for all the other uh, browsers. We did run API to make calls from the browser, but since they're phasing it out for uh, Google Chrome, we're looking for a replacement in WebRTC at the moment is, is where we're starting. Well, starting would be time, so uh, yeah. And th at the same time, we, we also have been looking at WebRTC for some of these projects, like Mira just said, for the uh, hearing impairment, if we could make a change there. Because it does open up uh, extra possibilities if you don't have the plugin anymore. Unfortunately, at the moment, I'm not sure everything is there yet. Okay, it's okay. But for a call center, if you have too many pop-ups with, uh, are you sure you want to share your microphone? And is, are you sure you want to do that? And you have to do it every time. Um, things complicated. So I think things will get better there in the future. And I suppose that there will be some uh, some API that will work more cross-platform as well when everything starts to stabilize. 
So you mentioned way back when we first started that uh, I think you said that XMPP wasn't implemented yet, but it's coming. Is that right? Presence? Uh, Not yeah, presence. So the, uh, the, no, the XMPP actually in the library, uh, everything is there, but we did some rework and we didn't add it to the GUI yet. So it, okay. it shouldn't be that much that, that hard to do, but we have an awful lot of work. Right. You mentioned that uh, you have actually really got a, a WebSocket server hidden away inside there. Um, so in terms of integration with other products, um, could, could we almost be seeing uh, something that might almost develop into a Slack-type product, but uh, more, more on a, a private network basis so that uh, you could integrate other apps into that it will inject into the, the, the chat that uh, exists on, um, within Zoiper? I, I, I just lost you for a little bit. I didn't hear the last 30 seconds, maybe. <laughs> 30 seconds, that's probably most of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, just, just to try and sum that up in, in a few, is it going to be possible to use the web uh, socket server that's inside Zoiper to push from other applications into Zoiper? So maybe into a chat with, with almost, um, almost like Slack yeah. does. Uh, you probably could. Yeah, I'm not sure that to make something um, very complicated, it would be the best solution because we have an SDK and you just build your own GUI on top of what we have already. Um, I think it's more useful for the smaller parts, like maybe integration with the CRM where you could actually dial up and access your contact list directly from your website. Um, or maybe make some, some uh, scripting tool to make automatic dial, uh, con uh, calls for certain purposes. These things would be good to make a completely new interface with it. It, it is possible. Um, like we have a Zoiper, uh, let's say, interface that actually, in, in a website, that actually normal WebSockets one, just for uh, proof of concept purposes. Uh, but I'm not sure it's, it's the best solution to make twice the same interface. Uh, if you want to control absolutely better to use the SDK, if you want to control limited functionality, then it's probably better to use the WebSockets. I think the point really is that the whole thing is extensible if you if you wish to make it so, and can be customizable um, in the hands of a, a competent developer as well. Yes, yes, you could, for example, also inject audio in it if you want to. You can inject as well. Hmm. Yes. No, that's interesting. So you you, you could al almost have a have it operate as your own private PBX. I've injected a lot of things, but audio is... Uh, how, <laughs> however, now I wanted to mention that um, this has been great. We It's not that we have a lack of time, but this is a good time that uh, as uh, we know you folks and have, uh, I have anyway for many years, but uh, this is a project, uh, Zoiper is a that is easy to talk to. You can they're not a huge corporation when the faceless, you know, they're part of the community. They've been a part of the community for over nine years, I think. And uh, you can reach them at Zoiper.com. Uh, I want to bring Mira in and let her tell you how the different ways to contact. Is there a contact form on, this, on the website? I assume there might be or address or something. There is a contact form on the website. Mm -hmm. There is contact information there. There are a couple of phone numbers. Uh, one of them is the other one is Luxembourg, I think, because of our provider. But uh, we're quite accessible and reachable. Right, and you are uh, you do re uh, requests and so on, so uh, it's, it's open. I think people can try to, as uh, Andy said, flexible. You can you can turn this in the direction you want. So I suggest you contact them. Uh, and other than that, I guess we could look into the future if if that hasn't been covered. Again, I had to go away for a second. Um, do we roadmap? Have we done so? Or anything to comment on that? We did go through our roadmap uh, to go back to the contacts. Uh, to the contacts, uh, we are quite uh, and, and flexible. Things happen here quite fast. Most of our clients are. Uh, are with us uh, mainly because of that reason, but also because we're doing. Uh, uh, in terms of the roadmap, uh, we covered most of the uh, most of the f features that are going to to be there in a couple of weeks. Uh, Joachim, would you like to add anything? Maybe uh, we can talk a little bit about uh, the different accounts handling for XMPP and voice and video. Sure, Just if you'd like to. Certainly. Uh, that's, that's maybe one, one, one feature that uh, we haven't shown yet. Um, could you share the Zoiper again? I'll do those. I'll do those. 
So something that we've noticed over the, in the past, uh, for many situations, um, you would have maybe an, an account to do the instant messaging in the presence, and you would have another account to do your uh, voice calls, where typically the chat XMPP, but your voice calls would be some SIP-based PBX. Um, so we made it possible now to, uh, did you share it, Mira? Yes. Yes, Maybe I you can open a contact. So just a second. No, no, a normal contact, not a contact search. Yes. A lot of people have gone. Should have decided between middle baby. Okay, there's another. So uh, when you click on advanced here, uh, you'll see that on the bottom there is a dial account. So the dial account would just use the, the, the one that is configured on the top left at the moment. There's a drop down to change your account. You could also uh, hard code it to always use that account. Uh, that, uh, and the presence account is, is together with instant messaging. I don't know where the string is, is missing there. But uh, this one would be the one that is, would be used for the XMPP. Now you can set this on uh, a source level. So you could say for all my contacts that come from LDAP, I would like to use this XMPP server for the instant messaging, but for all the contacts that come, for example, Outlook, uh, I would like to not have any uh, chat possibilities, etc. So, interesting. It allows you to combine some some uh, things. We also have some plans to support the Kusak support from uh, Emil Ivov, mm -hmm. uh, but we're we're still considering that one. Just to make the the. It, it requires some changes to the other parts as well, but it makes it easier to have uh, XMPP and SIP at the same time. A quick, a quick general question on so many platforms. Uh, what is that experience like, uh, and how does this work? Because what you must have the first platform, which maybe is, I'm not sure, that you, uh, you know, when you first, if, if you suddenly tomorrow said, okay, we're going to put this brand new feature in, what's the first platform it goes into while you're testing? Uh, it's, it, the old developer is making it at the moment. And it all depends on what what uh, what operating system we had the biggest request for. I think that the correct answer is file. Okay. We're mainly concentrating into uh, enriching the mobile versions at the moment. So the correct answer is mobile at the moment. And you find that the business from mobile as well? For the moment, uh, it depends uh, on the type of the client. But uh, if we're talking about operators and... and any service providers, yeah. Okay. So... There's obviously not so much. <laughs> Actually, in recent years, uh, yes. there are a lot of mobile agents, and we will do something there about that. So, in, in, in general, when we have new functionality, unless it's something that's really um, interface, uh, typically, we first make the functionality we added in the SDK, and then, uh, depending on the availability, it's being added to the other operating systems. So it's for our library, and then uh, it's added something to control it from the GUI. Okay, right. And that makes total sense. Uh, in our case, um, every platform is the same code base. So the SDK is the same everywhere. It's not like we use one SIP stack on one platform and one right. SIP stack on another one. Um, that's also part of the reason why we were a little bit slow to do this. We didn't want to change stacks. So we went for the full thing to actually rewrite everything that was necessary to do it, which um, I have to admit was quite tricky when we wanted to go to and had to rewrite everything uh, twice, I think. And then uh, for Windows Mobile, we also had to make quite a lot of changes because their APIs are very restrictive, uh, although it's mm. now a little bit better with the, with the latest end. How about screen size? Is that a problem for you? Because a variable screen, in other words, there's 15 different... Okay, Apple has some finite number. Android has an unlimited number of screen sizes almost. Um, it is difficult, but there's worse parts, I think. Mm -hmm. it, it, the, the worst is that uh, maybe on Android, some manufacturers uh, have a contact list where the database looks slightly different and some fields are missing. Right. Or in the case of Apple, we see that they have two devices that are identical. They have the same uh, firmware on it, the same iOS version, uh, the same color. Everything looks the same, but the behavior is different. Right. It's just because probably maybe a different chip in there somehow um, for one of the components. Okay, and another, another thing about uh, mobile coming in is that back in the old days when there was no when you developed a product, um, permissions were not a problem because they didn't exist. Uh, you, if you got an app on Windows or on Mac or even on Linux, it does, and you don't have to ask the user every 10 seconds if you can access this list or that. Whereas on mobile, you've got two different models that are actually, I think, pretty different. 
uh, between Android and, and iOS. No? I, oh, I thought Michael was saying no. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, the, I think the they are, kind right? Of sandboxing involved as well, yeah. Right, sandboxing and different granularity. In other words, I, uh, in one case, it's like you're presented with a list. You want to let us do all this? Yeah? Okay. And I think that the next version of Android is the one where they're making it or where you can, re- you can accept particular request. Obviously, we're talking about communication, so it's going to be the contact list. And do I want to really upload my entire con to a particular server or to yeah, some... They, they, you don't, know. they don't go that, that deep into the granularity. So, right. um, yeah, there, there's a difference, of course, uh, between contact list and an application and having the, contact, the, the application upload the contact list somewhere else. But I don't think that they really can see the difference between those two. Right. Well, and the average user... How hot they are to use an application. I mean, generally, most people will, if they really want an app and want to try it, they'll just say yes <laughs> without. Mm-hmm. Re- I just did that today. I just uploaded it. I down installed it on my phone, and uh, you know they give you the opportunity to read the list. I didn't read it. I just said yes. We'll see what happens with that. Good. Wish me good luck. But I'm <laughs> ready, by the way. I hope that nobody knows anything bad about those people. But uh, it's a it's a contact app. Let's hope it works out. Yeah, we, we do need a lot of permissions, but okay, we need the microphone, we need the speaker, we need the, the camera. Um, but it would be cool if it, uh, with the next Android we can just say, okay, you know, we don't need your camera if you're not going to do it, uh, and we could ask it only at that moment. And isn't that what they're planning? I mean, I thought I heard I understood that that, is, yeah. yeah, I think that's what's happening. Uh, Tim's with us. I don't know if he's got any, obviously couldn't have any questions, but he may have a comment or so. If you yeah, uh, not really, actually. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I, I didn't hear enough to, to make sense. Hi, and how's Eeks? <laughs> okay, anybody else? By the way, if you're on ZipDX listening to this and you do have a comment, you're welcome to press star six, and you should know that by now, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Star six will toggle your mute state. Otherwise, got Andy and James and Michael, if any question. I'm, I've asked all mine. So, uh, anybody else? I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to, uh, to to ask a bit more at, at some point. It matters now about LDAP integration because uh, I well, didn't go for it. notice that in there at all. How do we do LDAP integration? It was mentioned. Um, yeah, I think you uh, let me change the Zoiper. Then you go on the configuration part, and then there's a second uh, second uh, menu that is called contacts. And this is where you can contact sources to all be in one uh, contact list. So you have the, the native one, which is just, let's say, the, 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 the Zoiper one. Then you have a second one, which is the, the Windows contacts. Ah, I see. Then the Outlook contacts. Then you have LDAP there. You have XCAP there. You have XMPP there. Oh, how frightening. You can add phrase Facebook. Oh. <laughs> yeah, as always, with, uh, with a very, very feature-rich product like Zoiper, um, there's quite a lot to get your head around, and if you're a normal user, you might struggle a little bit. Um, I'm guessing that there are configuration op- options that uh, operators can use to lock down some advanced features. Is that correct? Uh, that's correct, yeah. yeah. So there's, a, there's a, a way to provision everything remotely as well, where you just uh, download an XML file from somewhere that has all the config. There is a, a way to lock down every individual option, so you could say, okay, this agent maybe can... Uh, change his uh, audio devices, but he cannot change his codecs or he cannot uh, delete. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's fine-tuned control over all the, the capabilities. Okay. Uh, with this version, we did try to hide most of the most uh, more advanced functionality. Like, there's, there's really to to make it work fine with uh, different servers where there's not one setting that will work for all the servers at the same time. Um, but these are quite limited cases, and I don't think to bother 99% of the people with it. So that's why now the... the Account configuration wizard only asks you for a username and a password, and if it didn't figure out the host name already, it will ask you for that. Uh, but all the other parts like UDP, TCP, uh, registration times, all of those we try to hide and, and, and just make a good decision that hopefully. Okay, and, and uh, originally, when I first started use, using uh, Zoiper, there was Zoiper Lite and Zoiper Business. Um, mm-hmm. So presume, presumably there's just one of them now. Make a free version, or is this going to be a, a, a solely a paid-for version? Uh, no, no, there will be a free version for sure. Presumably with uh, some of the features locked out. Uh, some of them probably were still discussing exactly what to do there. Are the, but do the mo- there will be a free option. 
Go ahead, Andy. I think you had something else. No, 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 that's fine. Now, I was just going to extend that question to ask if doing what they call in-app purchases, which in the case of locked-out features would be an upgrade, uh, in either iOS or Android, can you purchase... Can you go from a? This is something that's in the future, obviously. But you, yes, you think you're going to do that? Yes, on Android you can. Uh, you can extend some functionality. You can also purchase some additional codecs. Right. Now on desktop, slightly different because on, on mobile, okay, you can do uh, you can do some processing for one dollar, for example. Mm-hmm. On desktop, um, it's very hard to do to charge somebody one dollar with card transaction fees or already multiple of that. So. Right. 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 And also, anything that you do, I don't know. Are you are you using the App Store on iOS? Uh, not on iOS. On on uh, are you going through the App Store? Are you outside uh, at of it? this time? Not yet, because that's a mixed blessing, as you know, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. So we do we do have a version that is compatible with it. We have we have everything ready there. Um, but there's some some uh, advantages and some disadvantages right. there. Well, financially, there's a big disadvantage for sure. Um, but for the user, uh, some disadvantage that is, for example, now we could give you a license that will work on any operating system. Hmm. But if you were to buy from the Mac App Store, we cannot legally make it work on another as well. So and no trial, no trial is possible on the App Store, as far as I know. I, yes, and no betas as well, which is the bigger issue. Right, actually. right. Because the, the, the software indicated, like an uh, Android, the last version we released, it was with IPv6 support. Uh, that seemed to work well in most scenarios, but uh, unfortunately, we found a scenario for a German provider work. Now, in the case of Android, the situation is not so bad. Okay, you might have some angry customers for a couple of hours. <laughs> um, with Apple, it's a little bit more difficult. Uh, there are some ways to have a faster review, but even if it's 48 hours or 24 hours, um, it is difficult. Yeah, that's with mobile, is it? Uh Particularly in iOS, you have to have that approval, and sometimes it takes it forever. Yeah, it, it could take a while. They do have some procedures to speed. Uh, yeah, if it's five percent of the of the the customers that are really suffering from the issue, it's 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 not always all that simple. I mean, you have to prioritize your requests a bit and say every week, "Oh, please, uh, we would like to have a faster review time." And right. Because you can't really have a very large scale beta. That's the biggest issue. Yeah. Send it out to 100,000 people uh, to test it. Okay, you probably will figure out most of the, the big problems there. But if it's uh, something that is limited to a couple, you'll never cover every single situation. You, you, there's too many different types of networks, too many different types of server configurations, uh, way too many types of devices to actually handle the test. By the way, what I'm seeing now uh, more and more today is uh, slow rollouts. And I notice I have a OnePlus One phone, and they've they've up, updated. And the update, uh, they posted that the update is uh, available starting yesterday. But I checked, and I don't have it. And then I went and looked at a forum post. And they roll out to 5% of the user base. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know how they determine this. And then they want to make sure that nothing's completely screwed up. Now, this is an OS, mm-hmm. so it's a little bit a little bit different because that would cripple the entire phone, obviously. It's different. Yeah. But it's um, are you doing that? On Android. Yeah, on Android, we do that. Last time, we didn't by accident. <laughs> we hit the wrong button. Uh, but on Android, it is possible. So you can rent, uh, I think, 10%, 20%, then 15 mm-hmm. then 100 And it, I think it's it's really cool. It's, That's it's a good idea. To have this functionality. It is a good idea because then you see if there's some horrible thing on the uh, first screen or something. Uh, It's very complicated with all the localizations and and the different servers and there's lots of things and maybe error messages. It's it's really complicated to test absolutely everything. If you could just put it to 5% of the people, if there's a million users, which is some the the usage base we have on Android at the moment, um, you will know. (laughs) On the subject of being really cool, uh, what do you think? What's your reaction to the fact that Mira came back from Berlin with a dangerous trophy. <laughs> it was really cool. It was the, the 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 moment itself when she called me was a little bit less, but <laughs> that, that was really cool. Yeah, have you got the trophy in your office? It's somewhere here. Unless somebody it's stole it already. The, it's in the development uh, section. They're really proud of it. That's great. Because they managed to to crash Zoper Zoper one demo. <laughs> well, it's the way that you crashed it that that made you a winner, I think. <laughs> Anyway. She actually met Zoiper, uh, 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 although I haven't it in months. Uh, this is the beta we're talking about, so 
There's something magical going on there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really pleased that you folks were able to make it. I I, uh, I love that you uh, showed up because I wasn't sure since I had no news all during the week, but I was traveling too. So we were very upset to hear about your your accident. And yes, the, true. Uh, all the trials and tribulations you've been through, and hopefully you're feeling a bit better now. Feeling a lot better. Look, I only have one of those now. One crutch. <laughs> Who's going, to, actually, who's, going to Klukan, who's going to Klukan? Who's going to Klukan or Astrakhan or both? Anybody? Oh, I meant, meant among the team of Zoiper. Uh, Mira is going to boats. I'm, I'm actually going to be a speaker. In, um, did we confirm Astrakhan? Klukan and, and yeah, Klukan. Yeah. Klukan. Well, you can do another dangerous demo then. Yeah. It I, won't be dangerous this time, I promise. Well, I know it has to be dangerous. Oh, I, I'm late getting my talk in to... to Brian, Brian may not accept it. I'm yeah, in fact, I'm sitting here. I'm having Ken Rice pinging me on the other. Everybody wants to ping me away. Um, well, say hi to Ken and tell him tell him there'll be a talk from me on the way over this weekend. You late, Tim. I know you? the late Tim Hunter. <laughs> not that. <long. laughs> I would yeah. actually try to go as well, but uh, it's already in August, and I'm not sure that I can sit in a plane for 20 hours without having a, oh an elephant foot. Yeah, that's bad. August is not that far away. Yeah. Okay, I was hoping to bring up my soundboard, but I can't. So we're going to close it off, and I will put the music on afterwards in the post-production. Thanks again, guys. It was really great to have you, and wait six years uh, till the next visit. Shouldn't be this long this time. Now that we have G722, it should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Mira, it was great to meet you in Berlin. I hope I hope uh, we can get together again. Maybe Camelio World next year. I don't know. But uh, thank you for uh, for being with us. Thank you for the invitation. Okay. Thank you for having us. Hey, that was the bleeding edge of the IP communications and VoIP community. We're at VUC.me on the web. Thanks to Simwood.com, who can turn you as a developer into a telco. Our host at PBX is provided by OnSIP.com. The site at VUC.me is on Bluehost.com. We use ZipDX.com for our wideband, full-featured conference bridge. And our local rate dial-ins are from Voxbone.com. Every Friday, 12 noon Eastern Time, see you next week.